0: Amen. Well, um, David, go back there in the back and turn those lights on that say center front. We'll get a little bit more light in here so you guys can read. We are excited about uh, this season. We're excited about tonight. This is going to be a good night. Cannot wait for you guys to come. And uh, Yes, we're going to sing some Christmas carols, but this is a night of worship. We intentionally call it that because we believe and anticipate um, A move of the Lord we believe that we owe this this community an encounter uh, but more than just a one-time encounter a relationship with Jesus and so if this is a way that we can invite those in uh, to have that opportunity to encounter him which would lead to relationship then that this would be a good night to invite them on Sunday nights you don't have to worry so much about people that go to other churches we never like to try to proselytize people that go to other churches if they're happy there God bless them God bless all the churches working for the kingdom but if they don't have a church uh, or if tonight would be a good night, or even if they do, and they don't have a service to go to, invite them tonight. Uh, we've got some treat bags back there with some, Jeremy brought about 600,000 pounds of oranges and apples. And uh, Tanya got some oranges uh, donated, and we've got candy, and just all the good stuff that parents want their kids to be jacked up on on the ride home <laughs> you know, from church. We're going to make sure they can get uh, plenty of it. So, But it's good to see all of you this morning, glad that you're doing well, The hope that you are doing well, and we are just three days away, three days away from Christmas. One of the most famous Christian songs of the last 40 years, in fact, it was written in 1984, is Mary, Did You Know? The funny thing is, this is a what, it's a very, uh, it's a great, very dynamic song written by a comedian. Written by Mark Lowry. Mark Lowry is one of the, uh, I think he's one of the original members If He's not one of the originals, he's one of the first two or three variations of the Gaither Vocal Band. And I've seen him live a couple of times the first time I saw him live was just him as a comedian and I laughed really hard because he's just a nut you wouldn't think something like this is coming out of Mark Lowry because he's just funny but it did and it was recorded first in 1991 by Michael English Michael English if you haven't heard his version then you haven't heard the song yet Uh, because no everybody else pales in comparison to his version except when Miss Robin sings it uh, tonight she sings it tonight believe me The hair on the the back of your neck will stand up, and you'll turn around, and the Holy Spirit will be waving like, that's me. (laughs) When Robin sings it. Um, When he was asked, Mark Lowry was asked about writing the song, he said these words. I just tried to put into words the unfathomable. I started thinking of the questions I would have for her if I were to sit down and have coffee with Mary. You know, what was it like raising God? What did you know? What Didn't You Know?, and I simply wrote it for a Christmas program we were doing at our church. For us to know the magnitude of the question, we must understand the historical and societal context into which Jesus was about to be born. He was not born in the 2000s. He was not a millennial. Not born in the 1900s. In fact, he was born 2,000 plus years ago. We know that because we've heard it said for many years. But to understand the depth of the danger that Mary was going to face to deliver a child out of wedlock in her society and in her community where she lived, it was literally the most dangerous thing that she could do. Although there's no record of Mary's age anywhere in Scripture, there's no record of her age anywhere in Scripture. She most likely, I just sounded like Donald Trump. You know how he says something and then he repeats what he just said? (laughs) I just noticed I did that. I just noticed I did that. (laughs) Although there's no record of Mary's age anywhere in the scripture, she most likely became pregnant and gave birth as a teenager. To reflect on the meaning of the virgin conception of Jesus is to ponder also the circumstances in which readers find Mary, especially in the early chapters of Matthew and Luke. In terms of social status, especially when compared to that of her cousin Elizabeth, which, by the way, because Elizabeth's husband uh, was the high priest, in fact, John the Baptist was due to take his father's role as the high priest. Did you know that? Zechariah served in the temple as the high priest, as the priest, in John's right was to become a priest. Instead, he would be not a priest of the old covenant, but he would be the first prophet that would be an old covenant prophet but would see new covenant, um, the new covenant manifestation because he would look and say, not I saw in the heavens, but behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. When he pointed to Jesus on the Jordan that day, he said, everything that those boys saw in part, I'm looking at him right now. And that's why Jesus would say, of all of the prophets born of women, there is not arisen a, a greater than John. Why? Because John is the only Old Testament prophet that ever laid eyes on Jesus. Until the transfiguration when Moses and Elijah got to see him. But that was on the other side of the veil. Amen. I better get back to this. Luke chapter uh, 1, 5 through 7 is where you'll find uh, that, that Mary was probably very poor, unlike her cousin Elizabeth. Scholars debate whether Mary was a young, or a young, pious Jewish woman who became pregnant outside of marriage belonged to the ancient equivalent of what we would today identify as the working class or probably more like she would be counted among the truly destitute. In either case, whether she was a middle class working person like many of us here or whether she was destitute, we can be sure that Mary, along with the vast majority of people in the time and place in which she lived where Jesus was going to be born, they knew economic and social hardship. They were literally under, they were were occupied. The unique thing about Israel is Israel never had a land, they were just a people. They didn't have a land until they saw a promised land and God said, I'll give you that land. But it was more about where they went because where they went is where God was. In fact, where God went is where they were. And that's what defined them as God's people. They were the first nation that was ever created that was not created geographically first. They were created because they were known as the children or, or the descendants of Abraham, who was the friend of God. Would, would today the church would get back to stopping to define themselves based on a geographical four walls and say, we're not, the church is not about these four walls. The church is about those of us that carry the same spirit that Jesus carried in the earth. The, the church is the bride of Christ. And whether you're do, whether you here, up the street, down the road, or at your house, you are the church. This is not the church. This is the building where the church comes together in community to worship together, to pour our spices together on the head of Jesus. And when it, and we pour the oil on his head, the Bible says it's precious. It's like the oil that was poured down on Aaron's beard, Aaron, an Old Testament priest, Jesus, the New Testament high priest, and the oil ran down his beard, ran down his garments, even puddled up at his feet. And that's what we do when we come and worship, we pour our oil on the head of Jesus and it falls it flows all the way down to the body. But Mary was probably one of the poor in her day. Hers was not an easy life like millions of people throughout human history. Mary lived in socio-economical and political tense circumstances where people were familiar both with uprisings and crackdowns and were well acquainted with poverty, with illness, with injustice, societal meltdown. Political upheaval. Does this sound familiar to anybody? Societal meltdown. Political upheaval. When will we be delivered? When will this mess be away from us? When will we not have to fight? That's Mary lived not unlike the way that we're living right now. An incredible political divide. Incredible, incredible socioeconomic divide. Because Mary and Joseph were actually of the lineage of David. They should have had inherited millions and billions and whatever. But that's not the way that it was. Mary was a po- little poor girl. that You wouldn't know her name if it wasn't for the fact that she said, that, that she said amen to heaven's yes. <laughs> Mary also knew what it was like to live as a woman in a world where male privilege prevailed. And don't, don't, don't tense up on me. I'm not going political on you. <laughs> well, some of you, boy, you just fasten your seatbelt real quick and Here it's going to be a bumpy ride. No, that's not what I'm talking about today. These circumstances help to illuminate the meaning of Mary's, uh, Mary's virg- uh, virgil- virginal conception of Jesus. The Virgin Mary conceives Jesus but we want to see the circumstances under which that happened. When readers commonly regard, what readers commonly regard as miraculous, which was her remarkable pregnancy, is rendered as astonishing evidence of of God's regard for the lowly and the largely forgotten. I'll see it again. Mary's remarkable pregnancy, the virgin birth, is rendered as astonishing evidence of God's regard for the lowly and the largely forgotten. If you go back in the Old Testament, this is how God says it. For man looks, he Remember, remember God had uh, Samuel go down to Jesse's house and said, "If you among his sons I found myself a king. And Jesse's like, oh man, this is great news. The prophet, the prophet. Now in those days they didn't talk directly to God so much as they talked to the prophet. The prophet was a liaison and the priest to go before God, hear what God said and come back and tell the people what God said. Thank God now we no longer need a, a high priest or a preacher or a pastor anybody to go to God for us. We can boldly approach the throne of grace and say, this is what I have need of. That was not the case then. And when Samuel comes, Jesse knows God, it's almost as if God himself is coming. And so he says, go get my biggest, strongest, brightest, best-looking son and bring him in here. And one by one, Samuel said, not it. Not it. Not it. Until the runt, David. Because God said these words, this this is out of God. He said, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. If, if, if God were going to bring Jesus, Jesus who is the, the, the sum total of everything that God was going to say, the perfect expression of what God not just became, but God always was. God didn't become Jesus. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When Jesus manifested, He showed us what God has always been like, but we never saw Him clearly. Man, if, if, if Jesus had come in a way that we expect, he would have been born in a palace and not in a stable and certainly not, not in probably what was a cave and laid in the feeding trough for animals. It's remarkable. Why is it remarkable? Because in 2019, there are people sitting in this church, under the sound of my voice right now, that feel like you have been forgotten about, to feel, to feel, you feel like you've been, society's forgotten about you, that maybe even possibly God, God has forgotten about you, that you're just low and, you, and you're not high on the socioeconomic status. And so maybe you've, And God regards people like that because God couldn't care less what's in your bank. God cares about what's in your heart. It's through the ordinary and faithful Mary that God works to achieve the divine vision for humankind. Ordinary. Mary wasn't praying, seeking God on her face day after day, asking to be God's mother. She was just simply living life. She was living life, being who she was. She was excited because she's engaged. And Joseph's a carpenter. He's got his own business. And we're going to raise his family. And we're going to have four sons and two daughters. I don't recommend it, but we're going to, you know, we're going to have kids and, you know, we're going to raise them up and, and you know, may, maybe sometime uh, the Messiah will come on a white horse. He'll overthrow this Roman occupation and we'll be free. That's probably what Mary was thinking. She certainly was not thinking, I'm the person that was chosen to teach God how to walk. But God always does his greatest work in the unseen, unnoticed, and seemingly forgotten. I feel like no one sees me I feel like I've been forgotten well you're in great company good God chooses people just like you to birth his greatest moves in the earth I said last week that there's a there's a translation of the Bible that says in John says that he was the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and one translation says in the beginning was the blueprint If Jesus was a blueprint for what God looked like and not just that, because he wasn't just the son of God, he was also the son of man, what man should look like, I believe that we can look also to the life of Mary and find a blueprint because God always does things by pattern and God always does things by order. If you can ever find the order of God and the pattern by which God works, you can count it, he's going to do it again. And if God looks at a lowly forgotten girl that society had overlooked and that everybody else had overlooked and said, that's the one I'm going to choose to put my, put my spirit upon, that my seed will go inside of her and from her is going to deliver the rest, all of the earth. If he did it then, who's to say he's not looking for someone now that society has forgotten about? That's, that, it doesn't mean you have to be poor, but some of you feel that way. Maybe you're poor in spirit, or maybe you feel like I'm just not good enough, or I've never been enough, or I don't I don't, we're, we're, the, we're the generation of selfies. And we take selfies, and then we stare at ourselves. And most of the time when we stare at ourselves, it's in comparison to someone that we feel inferior to. How many of you have done this? on a daily basis bye-bye microphone 19 no not that one delete no not that one delete no no oh that's a good one (laughs) filter 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 (laughs) until you don't look like yourself oh that's me boom post (laughs) I know none of y'all do that We went down to, uh, we took the youth down to McAdenville to see the lights last Sunday. And when we, we were coming back across the bridge, I wanted to stop and get one more photo. And we noticed in, in front of us was a couple taking a photo. And I watched uh, this, this lady. And she, she, was, she was a fine looking woman. She was older, probably in her, probably in her 60s or 70s. But she, she had taken care of herself. And her husband, I'm assuming, I'm assuming <laughs> you have to assume a lot these days, is taking pictures of her. And I watched him take a picture. And she'd walk and go, nope, take it again. I'm not kidding up against the fence like this all the lights in the background take it in and he'd snap it here you go and she'd go nope take it again (laughs) I'm like woman you're gonna die before you get the picture you like you like 80 already (laughs) Me me too I've deleted way more than I've posted everybody does it everybody does it because in some ways, some ways, when we look at other people, we feel inferior for whatever reason. It, what it is, it's believing a lie rather than the truth. You are never supposed to be like everybody else. You're uniquely you. You are the most uniquely qualified person to be you, more so than anybody else that's ever lived. My father used to say it this way. God went to great lengths to make you an original, don't die, a cheap copy. God always burst light from darkness. God always does his greatest work in the unseen, unnoticed, and seemingly forgotten. This unremarkable teenager was about to give birth to God. To heaven, she would be regarded as the mother of the divine expression of God, but to mankind, she's going to be considered an adulterer. (laughs) To heaven, she's going to be regarded as the mother of the divine expression of God, but to everybody in the earth that didn't know the truth, she's going to be considered an adulterer in her generation. I wonder how many of us have said yes to God, and everybody around us thinks that we are literally nothing, not doing a whole lot of anything, but the generations to follow would say, my God, that, that person's amen to heaven." yes changed the course of history for me. Yeah, Mary, did you know? Uh, the song that we're going to sing tonight, here are the lyrics. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? That this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you? It's really good. Mary, did you know that your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Did you know that your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you kiss the face of God. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? The blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again. The lame will leap, the dumb will speak the praises of the Lamb. Mary, did you know? What a powerful, thought, uh, thought-provoking idea. Although not as rhyming or rhythmic, I would add these following questions myself. Mary, did you know that you will be called a sinner for giving birth to the one who would eradicate sin? Mary, did you know that you could be sentenced to death for giving birth to the one who would swallow up death in victory? Mary, did you know that your future husband might abandon you for giving birth to the one who promises that he would never leave nor forsake his bride, the church? Mary, did you know that your parents may choose to disown you for making them God's grandparents? Mary, did you know that your baby would be called illegitimate because his father was not man but the divine spirit? Mary, did you know that you could be stoned for giving birth to the chief and cornerstone of the kingdom of God? Mary, did you know that you could be banished from the city for giving birth to the one who come to build his church? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that you would be the subject of countless lies simply because you gave birth to the truth? Mary, did you know that your yes to heaven would be the first in a long line of yeses to be given by countless others who have been marginalized and forgotten and mistreated and degraded. Your yes will be the first of many who will choose to birth the God thing that is inside of them regardless what society says. My God. Your yes will empower generations of women to overcome societal limitations and give birth to something that could change the world. Mary, did you know That heaven's yes is simply waiting on your amen. Mary, did you know that your agreement with the voice of the angel sets into motion a chain of events that would save the universe? Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know that the sufferings that you faced in your present time were not worthy to be compared with the glory that would be revealed in the face of your baby? The Bible says that the glory of God is found in the face of Jesus Christ. And when Mary birthed that little blood-covered baby and they cut the cord and she looked down at his face, she was looking at God himself. And inside that face was the glory of God. How was the glory of God found in Jesus Christ in his face? Because it was never seen in the Old Testament. The glory of God was not revealed in the, in the prophets or in the, in, the, in the Ten Commandments or in the law of Moses. The, it was simply revealed and only revealed in the face of Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus would tell his boys, his chosen three one day, hey, Peter, which means rock, James, which means exchange, and John, which means grace, which means God, he's literally going to take the law and he's going to exchange it and give us grace. And he said, boys, let's come up on a mountain. It's uh, Come up on the mountain with me. And they said, where are we going for? He said, you'll see when you get there. And, and Jesus says, let's go. And they climb up on this mountain they stop. And the next thing they you know is, before them, a great cloud appears. You've seen this? The glory of God appears. And Jesus is standing there and he's talking to those two people. Does anybody know who they're talking to? Moses and Elijah. Moses, which represents What? The law and Elijah, which represents the prophets. So here's here's Jesus, and he's talking to the law and the prophets. And what happens? And Peter says, oh, my God, this is crazy. That's Moses. This is crazy. That's Elijah. i got an idea. Let's build a monument for all of them. Let's build a monument. Let's build a monument for the law, and we can worship there. Let's build a a monument for the prophets, and we'll also worship there. And since Jesus is here and he's the one that showed it to us, we'll get him one temple too. What's the next thing that happens? The Bible says, in a great cloud overshadowed Moses and Elijah, and standing alone was Jesus. The King James Version said, Jesus only. And a voice came out of heaven and said, this is my beloved son, hear him Well, Jesus wasn't talking. You know what Jesus was doing? He was standing there becoming the fullness of everything that those boys saw in part. So here's what God said. No need to build a temple for the law. I'm done with that. And we don't need to build a temple for the prophets. I'm done with that. The fullness of everything I wanted to say is going to be heard in him, my son Jesus. That don't happen if Mary doesn't say, be it done unto me according to your word. We know Jesus is taken into into a praetorium's hall and he's beaten with a catanine tail. uh, Chips of bone and glass on these leather strips that would rip into his back and pull the flesh from his bones. The Bible and the Old Testament said when when, when that finished that his back looked like a, a plowed garden. Where you could see his bones and you could see blood flowing down. And, and, and the Bible says that, that with his stripes we were healed and by his stripes we are healed. The Bible says that healing is the children's bread and that he would arise with healing in his wings. Well, we don't get that if Mary doesn't say to the angel one day, be it done unto me. By the way, Mary probably was 14 or 15. Now this is, this is just according to historical context. That's not biblical. But it's okay to draw from historical context because, if we, because the text without context creates pretext. We have to know the context. we got to know who the audience was. And in that time, it was not uncommon for a 14-year-old to marry a 15-year-old to marry and give birth. If that happens today, especially in the button house, somebody's going to answer and you ain't going to like it. We've, in 2,000 years, we have evolved a little bit. We do know a little bit more than we used to know. If, you've, if you have had a child at that age, God bless you, God love you, and I love you too. But it ain't happening in the button house, I will have some heads In Jesus' name, God gave me permission to mount them on poles. I'm just kidding. He didn't. I'm I'm totally kidding. We know that Jesus would go to a cross, and and on the cross, uh, he would be crucified. He'd be stretched out, stretched between heaven and earth, suspended between heaven and earth with with a thief on one hand and a thief on the other hand. You want to know who those were? Do you all know? What's one of them? What's the one what's the one on his on, on his on his left hand say he's right, he's mad, he's he's ticked off. We shouldn't be here, we shouldn't be here. Get us off here, get us off here. If you be the son of God, well that sounds familiar. If you be the son of God, well, what happened to Jesus when he went out into the Jordan River and he was brought up? And the Bible says Jesus was driven by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And what's the devil to say to Jesus three times? If thou be the Son of God, the same Spirit that was there in in the wilderness energizes the thief on one side of Jesus and says if you be the son of god come down on the other side was mankind was adam and adam looks over him says and says lord he says hey we 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 belong here we should be here because the wages of sin is death and you and i sin this man's done nothing and then he says what to jesus hey lord remember me when you come into your kingdom and jesus looked at him and said today this very day this very you're going to be with me in paradise and he knew what paradise was because he was he lost paradise years and years and years and generations before he was a representation a, a type of adam and jesus was saying today he said remember me put me back together pull me back into the family do it i can see what's happening this is the restoration of all things i the first adam failed but the last man adam he's not going to fail he's not only going to fail this generation he's going to look back into creation and my God totally redeem everything that ever was in fact Jesus would go into hell after his death the Bible says go into the uttermost parts of the earth and preach to captives and lead and and lead them to to victory and in Jerusalem for 40 days many of the old prophets and teachers of the Old Testament were seen walking around in downtown Jerusalem wouldn't hurt to pick up the Bible and read it because it's in there That's gonna happen unless Mary says probably trembling afraid facing what's probably at least in her mind certain danger and possible death and she says she, she said how can this even be how can this be I don't I don't know a man I've never been with a man In sexual conduct, I've I've never, how how can I have a baby? I didn't do what it took to get a baby. And the Lord said, don't worry about doing what it takes to get a baby. Just give me your yes. I'll take care of the rest of it. Some of us look around our circumstances and say, I don't have what it takes to do what I feel like God wants me to do. God's not looking for your ability. He simply wants your availability. Because your amen will activate heaven's yes. In fact, your amen activates the favor of God and, and, and your agreement accelerates the favor of God. When God gave me that the first time, I literally jumped off my couch. Your amen, when, when Mary said amen, I believe that in that moment the Holy Spirit overshadowed her and, and inside of her, in the, the, the Holy Spirit of God fertilized an egg inside of her because he was going to be so much God and so much man. Very God and very man. All God and all man. Not kind of part God and part man. No. Very God and very man. The early fathers settled that many, many years ago. He he didn't become God one day. The, 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 he was made, the word became flesh. The Word, the Logos, the perfect expression of God was made flesh. He always was. He was in the beginning with God. Go read John 1, the most, one of the most powerful chapters in the Bible. In the beginning was the Word, the expression of God, and the expression was with God. Where was He? In the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of man. And that light shined into darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. He came into his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to become the sons and the daughters of God. He was there in the beginning. And Mary had a part to play in him coming to the earth. It's fascinating. Mary, did you know? Did you know that in 2019, some 2020 plus years later, 2024, 25 years later, based on the law of six years from changeover to the Gregorian calendar, that we would still be talking about your yes. Your amen to heaven's yes. I don't think Mary is to be deified anymore that you're to be deified. But she sure, certainly is to be honored in the same way that when you birth something that God gives you, you should be honored. Mary's not a God and it's certainly ridiculous to pray to her. But it's, but it's not ridiculous to say this, this woman's yes changed the course of humanity. I want to look at Somebody in here that feels marginalized and feels like maybe they've forgotten or they're not known too well or never would be known too well and say, what is it that God is asking you, that heaven is asking you to do? What can you say yes to that might change the course of humanity? I don't think Mary could fully know the magnitude of what her yes would be. No way could she have known. And quite frankly, if she'd have listened to everybody around her and she'd have listened to what we call common sense, she'd have been like, man, this ain't happening. And, it, and if she'd have said, man, this ain't happening, God would have found someone else. But when the angel came, he said this. He said, Hail Mary, you are blessed and highly favored. It was not the angel telling her that she was blessed and highly favored that made her blessed and highly favored. He was simply revealing something about her that she did not know. I wonder how many people sit in this church week after week that are completely and utterly blessed, that are highly favored, that God wants to move through, but they flat out don't know it. He listen to me real close. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to tell you something about yourself. You are blessed and a blessing, you are highly favored, and you are being empowered to prosper. Spirit, soul, mind, and body. There you go. Thank you. You got it. Somebody else say amen to that. That's a good one to say amen to. Because your amen will bring activation to that word, and your agreement will bring acceleration of that word. The moment she said amen, boom, Holy Spirit. Her yes activated. No wonder he's called the word of God. Mary, did you know? Mary, did you know? Your yes will empower generations of women to overcome societal limitations and give birth to something that could change the world. Did you know that heaven's yes was waiting on your amen? Did you know that your agreement with the voice of the angel, which simply means messenger, you're hearing one right now, Set into motion a chain of events that would save the universe. Did you know that the sufferings that you face right now in this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is about to be revealed in you? Now I'm not talking to Mary historically. I'm looking at those that are going to birth purpose into the earth. And I ask you, do you have any idea what you carry? There's no manual on raising God. There was no manual for raising God. In fact, there's not a, there should be one. There's no manual for raising children. I thought about writing one because these days, these kids drive me insane. I was at Cracker Barrel the other day and listened to a little brat screaming his head off for 45 minutes. And mom and dad never said a word to him. I wanted to offer my help. <laughs> like, hey, I'm an experienced dude. I got 17 down to 7. And they've made their fair share of mistakes. But if I'm sitting at a table, they're going to shut their mouths and enjoy their food. And I'm going to enjoy mine. And they sure are not going to affect every other table around them because the world don't revolve around that little... If that's your kid that does that, God help you. See me after church. I'm going to help you too. It's okay to say, hey, no, don't do that here. Don't get me off on that because that, that wears me out. I sit there, I was eating with a buddy of mine, David Heights, and every time, the little, every time the little monster started screaming, did I say monster out loud? Oh, my God. Every time the monster started screaming, I just kind of did this, and he laughed his head off because he knows if it had been a button, he'd, 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 he'd have limped out of Cracker Barrel. Because daddy tore that thing up. Boy, you better. Did I say this out loud? Oh, my God. Take this off of the podcast. No, somebody needs to hear it. God, for... put it on the podcast. In fact, highlight it. How to raise a kid. Correct it when it's wrong. It, it, to convince a parent sometime that their kids are wrong, that's, that's the ultimate achievement of mankind. Boy, oh, well, he got real sticky right now. My God. Mamas and daddies all grabbing their baby. Like, He's not talking about you. You've never done anything wrong. <laughs> Shh, baby. It's not we'll, we'll pray for liars. We'll my dad used to say, we'll have a service for liars after church. <laughs> he didn't even say that. Yeah, he had a lot. He, he never packed a filter anywhere he went. <laughs> His trunk was full of other stuff because he never took a filter. <laughs> Thank God for it. He called me out many times. You guys have seen. I, he, my daddy, tell him, the, my daddy and mom reminded me of a story. How old was I? Two years old. And apparently, a two-year-old is not supposed to praise God by jumping the, the chairs and screaming and all the stuff I was doing. And <laughs> so my daddy comes, and he grabs me up and takes me out. And on the way out, over his shoulder and on the way out, I said, y'all please pray for me. <laughs> A <laughs> whole church busted out laughing, and then Mom asked Dad what he did with me later. He said, "After that arrow, no way I was gonna spank him." <laughs> God knew he needed to make me funny to give me some mercy, or I wouldn't have lived to be thirty. <laughs> this uh, this has nothing to do with the service, but it's only eleven fifty-two. So, um, my dad used to go away to the mountains to pray, fast and pray. And uh, I was probably about three years old, and he and Mom went to the mountains and. Back then, children, they had something called a, a rotary phone. I know you don't know what that is. Uh, it was a corded phone. The cord had to be plugged into an outlet in the wall, and, uh, and the phone itself had a cord. And if you were real fancy, the cord would be real long, and it was coiled so you could kind of walk around and get a little privacy. Uh, yeah, in fact, my Aunt Nancy had the, nicest, had the nicest one I ever had. It was the shape of Mickey Mouse. And had an arm that held the receiver like that. And you had to put it up. So I'm talking to my daddy. My, they called. I was staying with my grandmother. She was still alive at the time. And said, uh, it's Joshua. So I put, him, put me on the phone. I said, hey, daddy. Hey, buddy. What you doing? You in the mountains? Yeah, I'm in the mountains. Is God there? Yeah, he is. Well, put him on the phone. been telling me for years that you go to the mountains to meet with God. Put him on the phone. He said, well, son, he can't come to the phone right now. No, daddy, you got to put him on the phone. He can't come to the phone. And the story goes I took the receiver and threw it across the room. If God ain't going to talk to me, then fine, I'm done. <laughs> it stomped across the room. Probably would have got spanked for that too, but dad was too busy alone with God. <laughs> remember, that t- remember that two or three years when y'all spanked me just in case I had done something wrong? <laughs> no, they didn't. This is just in case because we know you and we know your nature. You need to get. <laughs> I don't think the sermon connected with everybody. So I thought I'd just throw out some humor just so you'd like me when it was all said and done. <laughs> How many of us sitting in this church right now that will never, never step on a platform Not because that's not what you're called to? And if you are, that's great. That has never made a dent in what you think is uh, what you should be doing in a calling or future. How many of you feel marginalized that you've been overlooked and forgotten and you are the very one that God would love to change the world through? Not looking for it. Mary was literally not looking to change the world. She simply was living life. The thing that changed the course of humanity was this little 14 or 15-year-old girl saying, okay, I'll do that. Be it done unto me according to your word. The word amen literally means let it be done or or be it done. She literally said amen to heaven's yes. How How many heavenly yeses are waiting for someone to say, yeah, amen, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. Taking into context... I don't have the ability to do it. I don't have what it takes to do it. I'm, I'm months away from even being married, so there's no way I can conceive a child. There's no way I can change the course of, of my society. Yes, there is. How can you do it? Simply say amen to heaven's yes. See, heaven is, a, heaven is a realm. It's a dimension, and it does not exist inside time. Time exists inside of it. Listen to this. Don't forget this. Time is simply a landing spot for things in the heavenly dimension to manifest. Time is a death marker. It's really all that it is. God doesn't live in time. He's not bound to time. In fact, you're not bound to time, but when you walk here, you know, there are certain things that we, that we are limited to in the time, space, uh, realm that we live in. And yet we are not of this world. We're in it, but not of it. And if we're of a different world, then we have the right as ambassadors, as citizens of that other world to call the realities of that other world into this world. That's what Jesus said when he said pray like this, thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth just like it is in heaven. And in heaven there's no sickness, need, want, lack, any of it. So why would there be that in the earth? And the reason that it is in the earth is because for the last 500 years what we've preached is come up here, beg God to for, to, for forgiveness for doing bad stuff so that you can get a house in the sky one day. We reduce the gospel to that nonsense, instead of the gospel being the good news, which is not only that Jesus came, that, 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 that the Word made flesh, but the Word is still being made flesh. I'm looking at Him. Right. Clarice used to say this, uh, that Jesus was the Word made flesh, and so that our flesh is being made the Word. Not, not equal to Jesus, I'm not calling us little Jesus, but we are sons and daughters of the same Father. The Bible says of Jesus that he thought it not robbery to be equal with God, which is to say he never thought that it was outside of the bounds for him as a son of God to call for heavenly manifestations in the earth. And if you're a son or a daughter of God, you have that same right, not only right responsibility, to call the realities of that heavenly manifestation into now. Heaven's yes is waiting on your amen. Who said it? That was good. That was a perfect time to say it. Heaven Jess is waiting on your amen. Let's all stand. William, will you play something for me on the keys? This is the earliest you guys have gotten out in six and a half months. I want, I, I want a bonus. We're going to do a bonus offering. I'm going to give myself an offering for this. Heaven Jess is waiting for your amen. What I want you to do as he plays, just for the next few minutes, is I'd like for you to stand there. I would like for you to close your eyes, not out of shame, because there's no shame. Remember the service I preached, shame off you? There's no shame. But I want you to say, okay, what is the deepest longing of your heart? When I said to you over uh, over the course of this service many times, what is it that you think that you could do or would like to do or that you're not qualified for? Whatever that thing is that you thought of multiple times, that's probably what you were destined to do from the beginning. And so what I'd like you to do is say, okay, get that in. I want to get the picture in your mind. If it's starting a business, if it's starting a family, if it's starting a ministry, if it's just simply you know living, uh, living inside the bounds of health and prosperity, whatever it is, get that in your mind, and I want you to magnify it. Till that's all you're thinking about. And then I want you to maybe ask yourself, if this, is, if this is inside of me, who put it there? The Bible says that God would give us the desires of our heart. That doesn't necessarily mean He's going to give us the things we want. It means He's going to give us what we should desire. And if it's a desire of your heart, then trust Him to give it to you. He did for me. God gave me the desire of my heart. Right here. heaven's yes is waiting for your amen and now that you have that picture in your mind I want you to just say you could say it out loud you can say it quietly if you say it out loud say it if you're not embarrassed to Lord let it be done unto me according to your word Lord let it be let it be done through me according to your word I give you my body and my mind I give you my heart and my soul to birth into the earth or to bring into the earth whatever you want I amen your yes I say let it be done I suppose that the sufferings that I might face are not even worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed by my yes today father you've heard the voice of your people I pray father that your people see that they are empowered that they would feel the reality that they are empowered by your spirit to do everything that is in their heart to do when I look at this people Lord I ask them the same thing Mark Lowry would ask Mary did you know did you know that greatness was in you did you know that you have the ability to fuse with the Spirit of God to bring manifestation of deliverance into the earth? I look at your people and wonder, how many, how many children will be fed, Lord? How many uh, of societies weak and lowly, Lord, will be uplifted because of a work that they do, Lord? How many people are going to be touched by the sound of the voices that will come from this place. Lord, how many people will uh, have their lives changed as a result, Lord, of hearing truth about themselves? How, how many businesses will be born uh, or increase, Father, based on knowing that you have partnered with them today? I wonder if they even know. I wonder if we even know. Jesus, if you can take 12 men and change the world one of them being a devil, hard, hard to imagine what you could do with the 110 people in here today. Thank you for this season where we celebrate your birth. I believe that birth was a pattern of not something that you just did, but something you're continuing to do. Birth heavenly things into earthly realities. Use us as a conduit through which heavenly things come into the earth. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.